Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yes, very useful. Uh, and, you know, Coach, it's a great, great idea by Coach and identified plenty of strengths and weaknesses that will help us moving forward, you know, uh, tendencies that we need to break and uh, just opportunities for us to get better. So, uh, you know, without getting into all the specifics, it was, you know, just a, a good time to evaluate what we're good at and what we need to improve on so we could uh, focus on those things coming up here in practice. Okay, how would you how would you send Clint Kubiak's comments through the coach speak translator, Judd? Um I would say I sat down on Monday, got my ass reamed, was told to watch <laughs> film, was told to make notes, was told to show up on Tuesday with my thoughts. Sat down on Tuesday, got my ass reamed again. Uh, told Zim what, what he what he wanted to hear, and it's been great. And then I got my ass reamed. And then again. I got my ass reamed three three more times since the since the yeah since then. So I wonder so, if, the five now. If you could also ask Clint Kubiak, hey, how do you feel about Mike Zimmer basically saying that you need to go back to the drawing board and have a come to Jesus meeting and do self evaluation the week before you usually do self evaluation? How do you yep. how does that how does that sit with yeah. you? Oh, and by by the way, have a great. Bye week then too. I'm sure the off week's going to be totally peaceful if you're Clint. Well, Mike, we already did the self scouts. Now I can go uh, go on again. vacation. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll depend on how well how well they perform offensively in the second half, whether it's on or off script uh, against Carolina. And uh, that brings us into Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. We've got high standards. We just want championships. That's all we want. You know, we're not asking for much. You know, maybe. More than a championship every 30 years for these men's team sports. Um, and I think the theme on today's Feedback Friday is just Vikings therapy. Combing through. Uh, a lot of these are from the Score North app, and it's I love it. The last couple of weeks, people have discovered that, yeah, you can send us feedback through the Score North app, and we absolutely will bring it to the show on Fridays, and we can even sprinkle it in throughout <laughs> Purple Daily and other shows. Uh, during the game last week, like I'm looking at the timestamps on some of these that are coming in, and it's like third quarter, and people are just bitching about the Vikings through the Score North app, and I love it. It's I hilarious. It's I so I so wish you could bring the phone call to the show that you got about the lack of baseball being on the old Come mighty on. 1500. Play some baseball. We play all kinds of baseball on AM 1500 but but we also have partnerships with St. Thomas football <laughs> hockey basketball <laughs> and Minnesota United and this guy calls and leaves a voicemail by the way on my old office phone oh <laughs> <laughs> I love it oh my and god and so someone from the business office had to like save the mp3 and emailed it to me you know yeah. some just some poor woman in the business oh office is this guy for 45 seconds, just lights me up with F-bombs. Where's the bleeping Dodgers-Giants? score north. This is like game two Dodgers-Giants or something, you know? It's like, all right, dude. Well, score north. Sorry, score man. north. <laughs> Click what We are your home wrong? for playoff baseball. Oh. We'll, we, I promise we'll get you all the baseball. Uh, we've already been getting you most of the baseball. I was going to say, we're baseball. getting you a lot of baseball. Yeah. So, all right, Vikings therapy is the theme here on this Feedback Friday where we respond to your comments, questions, thoughts. Austin, via the Score North app, says it's week five. He said this, I think this was during the game on Sunday. It's week five. The Vikings have just won a football game. Nobody is excited except for Kirk Cousins, who assaults his coach while (laughs) screaming in a squeaky voice about how much 
He likes that. You like that? You like that? Zimmer doesn't seem impressed. I'm not impressed either. In fact, no Vikings fan who shared the misfortune of watching this game is impressed by this team. Uh, and then Matt via the Score North app says, Do you think there's a worse coach than Zimmer with a more talented roster? When I look at how much talent is on this roster, I'm convinced that he's the worst coach in the NFL. Uh, now, again, some of these are like in the moment of the Vikings right. either about to lose or barely beating the Lions. But um, what are you on that second one? In there, the moment, you mean you mean with with a few of these right in front of them? A couple cans like of early. Mm. Um, yeah. What do you guys say? I mean, the, it feels like this roster is is much more talented than the performance we've seen and the record so far. Yeah. You could also make a case that if the kicker makes a field goal, they're three and two right now, and you know, it's funny how that works in the NFL. What do you What do you think about that? Tomorrow, a Phil Mackey phrase. I will say this. Let me reshape that 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 point uh, because I know what he's saying. Overall, like. Okay, it's a good roster. It's not great. But I do think he is on to something very much in the conversation is, does any team with as much offensive potential and talent as the Vikings uh, maxim- or come, eat, come close to not maximizing that talent? So I, I think that where Mike, is, um, where Mike has problems is because he's, he sort of outsources his offense, if you look at the offensive players, that's the problem. Uh, go ahead. We got breaking news. Yeah, it's not um, Vikings related. It's not Vikings but... related. A little shefty bomb here as we record at 10 a.m. on a Friday. But the Eagles are trading Zach Ertz to the Cardinals for cornerback Tay Gowan and a 2022 fifth round pick. So Zach Ertz going to mm. go to Arizona and ball out with training. Kyler Murray. Hmm? What did you say, Jed? Oh, I, I think they were trying to trade him in training camp. He, he, yeah. They had a disagreement during uh, about it. during the summer that we talked about a lot, and he was on the mm-hmm. Vikings' radar, we thought, and, and I don't know if that was true or not. Uh, but, yeah, this is not a surprise, and I don't know how much Zach Ertz has left in the gas tank, too. Yeah. Hopefully like Adam, he, hopefully Adam ran that story by uh, the correct people in those <laughs> organizations. <laughs> LOL. Uh, I saw he, he apologized for that, too. He basically said, yeah, you guys are right. I probably shouldn't have sent that whole story to the president oh, of Washington. How many examples? Yeah, <laughs> do you really think this is the only one? Roger Goodell's never seen a story that I was about to break. Um, okay, wow. on your on your point about Zimmer and the offense, yeah, I think. That's my problem. Now, this offensive line, in terms of pass protection, if you go by PFF, they're better than they were last year. They're still like 24th, 25th in pass protection as a unit. Yeah. With grades, uh, according to ESPN's team pass block win rate, they're like twenty first. So they're they're not a total disaster train wreck like they've been at times the last couple of years. And you've got some. I think Rashad Hill's the weakest link, and if Christian Derisaw can step in and maybe be the starter this week, I think he's an upgrade. Mm-hmm. So you you don't have a Dakota Dozier on the interior. Those guys aren't. You know, Bradbury's even better than he was last year. He's not good at pass protection, yeah, but he's, he's better not. than he was last year. Yeah. So the offensive line overall is better than it was last year. The weapons are still amazing. And it just feels, it's like, dude, they're averaging five points per second half at home. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And and, and, and the Vikings are not the only team with an offensive line that's questionable. That's correct. And like, other I think, team, I other think teams we get overcome. stuck in that yeah. sometimes, right? Like, they have a terrible offensive line and everybody else has Hall of Famers. It's not really yeah. true. Actually, here's the funny thing. According to Pro Football Focus, the Buffalo Bills have a worse offensive line. The New Orleans Saints and the Tennessee Titans have, this is pass protection, have worse offensive lines. Interesting. Uh, the Chargers are like right there with the Vikings in the mid-20s. They're 4-1. and one. You know, teams figured out. The Ravens, well, we all know why they figured out because they have a freaking and joystick. You know, one of the most ridiculous athletes and best players in the NFL that can just run away from pressure. Um, all right. Uh, Feedback Friday here. Vikings Therapy Edition. Matt chimes in via Twitter. I was thinking about Zimmer's approach earlier, and I'm confused. When you love and adore your defense so much, why not take more risks on offense? Air it out. Don't be conservative. Because on the occasions the weapons at your disposal do fall short, your defense can be the savior. And then Kyle chimes in via the Score North app. You guys keep talking about Zimmer's mindset offensively to be conservative, which I totally agree with. I don't understand why he wouldn't want the offense to take as many shots as possible playing with a 10 point lead allows him to show his defensive creativity which is an alleged strength of his up in the second half at home 
is when you can send Harrison Smith on a blitz or drop Hunter into coverage on the edge. He should want to be aggressive offensively to let his defensive stars shine, but he's a coward. I hope we lose to Carolina. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Wow, dude. <laughs> I agree with this sentiment in that your defense is going to be better if you can build bigger leads offensively. But their offensive strategy, and we've gone over this, if, if you missed the, the Purple Daily on Thursdays, we do the state of the offense, and we went through you know, Vikings' average depth of target offensively is like bottom three in the NFL. Vikings, in terms of play calling on second down, some of the most conservative play calling you're going to see in the NFL. They are scheming and strategizing their offense, and maybe Kirk is conservative by nature too. They're, they're scheming and they're strategizing their offense to minimize the upside. Like they're, they're basically playing for 17 points offensively, and if they happen to break a big play on the three shots they take, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But your defense is going to have – look at Tampa. Like when Tampa gets up, and last night was a kind of a bad example, but when Tampa gets up, and, or maybe I'll pick a non-Tom Brady team, right? You, you get to take a lead of two or three touchdowns in the first half, and now your defense gets to feast. And how often do the Vikings, the Vikings are, they were one of the lowest scoring first half teams last year. And they, so they never got out to big leads. And so their defense was, with a bunch of backups, was just stuck in these close games. Like, take big leads, let your defense tee off. The flaw, I understand completely what people are saying, and it makes sense. But there's one big flaw there. Mike never wants to put his defense in a position to fail. Yeah. And potentially a short field is failure. Mike, everything is geared in his mind. And and look, I, I've seen some tweets about, um, you know, coaches talking this week about the media has it all wrong about Mike. The media, does, you know, Mike's not Mike. Mike's not putting his finger on the, the offense, blah, blah. That's nonsense. OK, don't believe anything a team tells you, especially a desperate team is yeah. nonsense. So oh, Patterson went on KFXN yeah. and he right. said this. Andre it's Patterson. Like, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's just ridiculous. But. I love Andre Patterson, by the way. He's a, oh, he might be a great guy, but, I, great I but I'm yeah, just saying, don't believe it. Like this whole thing of, well, Mike's not doing this. Yeah, right. Uh, but Mike wants to give his defense every opportunity to succeed, which is why he wants longer drives, too. He wants to keep his defense off the field as much as possible because that keeps them fresh. And if he said, okay, Kirk, let's just go to town. Let's, you know, if you get picked, you get picked. And now the opponent gets the ball at the 30 yard line. And the Vikings give up a touchdown. Statistically, that goes on Mike's defense. And in Mike's mind, that's a big deal. So so the reason why he, he is so conservative being the nice word, coward being just a terrible word that might be accurate, the reason why is because in his mind, he doesn't want to ever gear things up for his defense to fail. And if Kirk turns the ball over quick change deep in territory and his defense gives up a score – that goes on the resume of his defense, not his offense. And I, yeah. I, I don't think it's necessarily like that Zimmer doesn't trust rookies or doesn't trust players. Like, I don't think it's that. I think Zimmer just ha- doesn't trust new tendencies. He, he loves to be in his own safe little Zimmer world. So, like, if the NFL is evolving or if something's moving towards a new direction, he wants nothing to do with that. He wants to go right back to his blankie, basically, and and keep that in his back pocket. Yeah. So when you run out of bounds or when he explains why they didn't take shots at the end of the first half, he is afraid of what happened two weeks ago, and that shouldn't have been a case at all. It, it's his tendencies. He loves to stay in his own little world. Last night, too, I was thinking last night when the Eagles were making their comeback against the Bucks, and they score a touchdown to make it 28-20 to 20 pending the extra point, and they went for two, and they succeeded and made it a 28-22 to 22 game. And I follow a lot of football analytics people who are just like, oh, my God, yes, this is Nick Sirianni. This is an analytically sound move. It's actually a move that I think Doug Peterson would have made in the past, too. Like, they went for two a lot. So the Eagles, the Eagles are fairly analytically friendly as an organization. But there was a lot of older football, like not older in age, but like old school-minded football people. And I think Mike Zimmer would have been in this group, too. And they're like, why would you go for two? doesn't make any sense. I think it was Troy Aikman doing the broadcast last night. Maybe he was asking, like, I don't understand. Why would you go for two? Why, not? why make it harder? Well, the reason why, first of all, it is the analytically sound move, uh, sound move because people think, oh, you need, when you're down 28 to 14, you need two touchdowns. No. You're trying to win the game. 
you need two touchdowns to tie the game, and then you need a third score or overtime, and like you still there's a whole other thing that needs to happen. If you go for two on the first touchdown and miss yep. it, yep. you're still down by one score, and you can still tie it. But if you go for two and you get it, now you're in a much better position to win the game with a second touchdown, right? So like, but I'm thinking, is like if if you try to explain that to Mike Zimmer, at what point would he just like walk off or slap you? <laughs> you know, I just this is he, the analytically sound move. He's like, I don't, I don't, go away, take your spreadsheets. And he would also, them. in his mind, be be th- thinking, oh, my defense. What can I do with my defense? What can I do with that? I just got quickly. I I just got a two point conversion idea that I think is genius. Um, what if you did this? And I've never seen this done. What if you ran uh, a two-point conversion instead of trying to kick the extra point, but your first move was to try and get the opponent to jump? Because if they jump, you're really close now. Because I've never seen a team try to get the opponent on a two-point conversion to purposely jump to get get the penalty, because then the ball moves to, like, the one or something like that. And if you do it, the ball moves. If you don't, so you're saying just line up, for it. just but line yeah. up and do a hard count. Yeah, but I'm saying like like as a as an idea that I've not seen attempted before. Exactly right, and and this might not extend for a long time, but just as an idea to get a team to jump offside. Here's what I want to see. I want you to show huh. up to Mike Zimmer's Wednesday press conference this week and pose that question and see how quickly he either walks off the podium or just jumps down and punches you. I don't think he would with that one. I, I don't think that would get his ire. He might answer it, actually. Yeah. He, I'm all for weird. innovation. He'll, all right. he'll answer. <laughs> so so Arif Hassan in the Wednesday press conference this week asked a question about, and it was, put your, put your, your finger on the bar, uh, about the Carolina uh, nose tackle playing a tilt. Oh, he yeah. plays cool. a tilt. Oh, yeah. And... Arif asked it, and I was like, how is Mike going to – like, Mike can be weird. Answered it really well. Hmm. Uh, got out from behind the mic and did the tilt himself to show you what, what is how a, the tilt what, works. what is a tilt? Uh, it, it means that you sort of play sideways, and what you're trying to do is fit through – like, it. so instead of being right on top of the uh, center, potentially, you're tilted. So he's got he's got to account for you, and so does the guard. And then you just, just like, oh, you like, are you like angle. lined up sort of side, like almost yeah. like a 45 degree angle? Yes. 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 And, and so then you just, you just barrel in, you just yeah. barrel into two guys. Yes. But yes. two guys don't yes. exactly know. It, it, it's not as crystal clear the block because it can be the guard, uh, but it might not be Foot as well. Ball. So it's confusing. But anyway, to Arif's credit, he asked this question and Mike, Mike like went full Belichick. He started yeah. explaining it. Do Belichick, what was the question? Somebody asked Belichick about like, Something really long snapping, long snapping, long, he and he gave, he gave a dissertation, answer. like a nine minute answer. On long <laughs> it time. was really good. Um, I'll tell you what, um, if you're the Vikings and it feels like your house is burning down right now, maybe you need some better insurance. Federated's here to help you with risk management. They're here to help you with peace of mind, employee protection, bottom line protection. They've got all kinds of resources in the risk management corner section of federatedinsurance.com. Find out why they've been among the best in the business for over 100 years based in Owatonna, Minnesota. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Feedback Friday, Vikings Therapy. Garrett, via the Score North app, sends in this question. Love what you guys do. Keep it real, fellas. Would you guys like to see a former Super Bowl winning head coach replace Mike Zimmer? Let's say Doug Peterson wants to get back in the game. Or do we roll the dice on a young hotshot? Like Kellen Moore, so I'll I'll just take his his uh, names here and say if Mike Zimmer gets fired and you only had two choices, Doug Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson who, um, well, he had a train wreck year his last year in Philly, but before that, thirteen and three Super Bowl, nine and seven, nine and seven, another division championship, uh, four and two playoff record, so he's proven offensive guy, right? Yep. Or Kellen Moore never coached in his thirties. Does like, du- does Doug bring Brett Favre as his quarterbacks coach? <laughs> I don't know if you want that. <laughs> I don't know if you want that. I'm gonna say no. That's a no for me. It's a Doug. no for me, Doug. I'd, I'd probably go young. 
I'd probably go young at this point. Yeah, I. I Doug would, Peterson I, is fifty-three, by the way. Yeah, fifty-three. I mean, I, I would interview both too. Like, I wouldn't just necessarily rule out Doug Peterson. I know I've been on a Kellen Moore train for a long time, and in fact, I think old tweets expose. I, I need to just dig up a bunch of Kellen Moore takes from like ten years ago when he was balling at Boise State. Um, nice. But I, I do think Kellen Moore would be exactly what the Vikings need—just an offensive guru. And if, it, by the way, if it doesn't work in two years and the Vikings are three and thirteen or just a middling disaster. And you can fire him. It, 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 don't just get caught up in being safe with someone like Doug Peterson because he's a veteran coach. He's been there and done that. Take a chance on Kellen Moore. See what happens. I, I mean, I'm going Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl mm-hmm. with a young quarterback, and then and then when that young quarterback got injured, he took Nick Foles and turned Nick Foles schematically into a Super Bowl MVP. I'm a little worried about how things sort of train wreck toward the end in Philadelphia, but I just feel like that organization and that city yeah. is just ripe for tension yeah. and strife. It's like most coaches would get at least a five-year grace period after winning a Super Bowl, right? He got like two, and then they were just ready to be done with him. Unceremoniously, within three years of winning a Super Bowl, just dumped on his ass, and the building was up in a blaze. So um, I am I am interested in... in in Declan's guy, Kellen Moore. But uh, plus, then you'd have Kellen Moore coaching Kellen Mond, and it would be kind of Kellen's. Kellen's. No, but it might be good. But I'm here for I'm here for if Doug Peterson wants to get back in the game, I would give Doug Peterson a shot. Yeah, I think I'm more on the train right now of trying to go young and find. And, and this all comes back to: Do you trust yourself to find the the right guy too? But if you do trust yourself to find the right coach, I would really like a young offensive mind who also, and, and here's the most important thing though, because Zim has been guilty of this. Les probably wasn't around long enough to be guilty, but Brad was too. Just because one side of the football is your forte. So, you know, I'm a defensive guy. I'm an offensive guy. I want people that understand I'm the coach of the whole football team. So it doesn't feel like, I mean, with Brad, it felt like defense was outsourced. Uh, with Mike, it feels like it's the opposite. But I also want a person who gets, I'm in charge of this entire program. And, and yes, I've got an expertise, and that's where I'm at my best. But that doesn't mean that I can forsake a side of the football. <laughs> yeah, like like Sean McVay, unless I'm wrong here, seems to me to be an bright young guy who is a really good offensive mind but when he feel but when but when he talks it feels like he's coach of the rams so that's what i'd like um doug peterson in the year that they won the super bowl in philadelphia they were the third best scoring offense and the fourth best scoring defense so they were just great all around and then things started to erode then they were 18th, 12th, and 26th in points per game offensively, and their defense dropped out of the top 10 down to 20th in 2020. So I don't know. It's, what, what a weird stint for him. He did spend three years in Kansas City as an offensive coordinator, and they were 6th, 16th, and 9th in points. And he's been there, done that, has won a Super Bowl. But I am intrigued by, like, just a young, up-and-coming, you know, who's the next guy for 10-plus years. So... Um, here's one from Carter via the Score North app on this Feedback Friday. Uh, found you all back in the summer and have been listening almost daily for months on Spotify. Thank you, Carter. Love the show. Uh, had an interesting talker I thought you all might like to discuss involving Zimmer and his pathetic game and clock management and, and the need to move on from him, most likely. What, if anything, would you trade Cleveland for Kevin Stefanski? I know there is little precedent for this and would, and would be highly unlikely. However, with the history and his success, thought this could be an interesting discussion as opposed to getting a first-time head coach. First of all, Cleveland loves Kevin Stefanski. He was the NFL, wasn't he the NFL coach of the year last year? So. There is zero chance they would entertain this discussion. Yep. However, let me let me zoom it out and just say if there's a coach available, like when John Gruden, you know, 20 years ago was traded to the Bucks, right? From the Raiders yep. to the Bucks. From the Raiders. I don't know who it would be. I'd have to go through a list and see, like, are there teams that are kind of ready to move on from a coach, but that coach is still held in high regard? I mean, it's like there was some chatter that Mike Zimmer might get traded to the Cowboys mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, right? What would you trade for the right coach if that coach became, like, sort of available? Oh, 
I would trade a first round pick if it's the right guy. Like, but that that would depend on the name and situation and the person. But yeah, if I could if I could land a guy who's currently a coach whose whose shelf life might be um on its last legs with a certain team, but you know that he is a really good coach, um, I would probably go first round pick, which is a ton. Uh, but like you can't put a you can't okay. put a price on it. getting the right guy. I got it. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. No. He's good. He's had some success, though. I would have what to do you give, mean? I it's honestly... an instant no for you, no. Declan? Mike Tomlin is an instant this. no? Instant no. Really? Why? What? Why, 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 would, why would I trade a draft capital pick for, for, for him? Because I, 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 he's one of the best coaches I would in the say last 15 the years. The only coaches I would entertain, and like I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just list Belichick, McVay, and honestly, I think that's it. I think those, those are the guys, only two coaches I would ever I think Belichick, Belichick would be more available than McVeigh, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I, think funny. You're, I think you're too <laughs> quick. Now, now, I have to think about the Tomlin situation, but I'm not saying no. Here's the one thing about Mike that I really appreciate from day one. So he, he got that job in Pittsburgh, uh, which was a shocker. I believe he was what, Phil, 35 or something? He was ridiculously young. He was, uh, yeah. Somewhere. And at the time, and the first thing that he did, so, so the Vikings hired him off Gruden's staff from Tampa, where, where I think he had been a secondary coach. And the Vikings brought him in because the Bears had just gone to a Super Bowl with the Tampa 2. And, and Tomlin knew that defense backwards and forwards, and he came here and did a really good job. When he got the Pittsburgh job, the first thing he did was he allowed Dick LeBeau to keep his 3-4 defense and said, I'm not changing that. It works. It's good. Mm-hmm. Think about that at that age for a football coach to say that. He's a great leader. Like a Tampa 2 guy says, go ahead and play a 3-4. But here's another thing. you know, He's a a defensive guy. He's a defensive guy that's open-minded and left someone else's scheme. It wasn't my way or the highway. And then between 2014 and 2018, so a five-year stretch, the Steelers perennially had top five yardage offenses, and then they were like, you know, right in the top five in scoring offenses. It was a and so he was telling he's a defensive guy telling his offensive staff big plays throw the ball down the field now that now it helps when you have in his prime a Hall of Fame Ben Roethlisberger it helps when you have you know Antonio Brown at the time and Le'Veon like they had weapons all over the place but the Vikings right. do too you know Justin Jefferson is Antonio Brown for my money mm-hmm. so he's he's overseen great offenses and I'm telling you it's the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era. Now, there's chatter now, and Aaron Rodgers winked over at Mike Tomlin that maybe Rodgers wants to play. If Ben's well, done, he might want to play for Tomlin. He might want to play for Tomlin. I mean, he might maybe, want to play for Tomlin. Maybe, maybe he can in purple. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the yeah. other thing that Mike, the other thing that Mike <laughs> did that's impressive, and, and unless I'm wrong here, but from afar, it certainly seems like he did a really good job from day one. Of, and I know I'm going to say it, and it's going to shock you, people cultivating a relationship with his star quarterback crazy like i know that, that, that you're saying right now judd that is not allowed but it is but yeah and and i covered him for a, a year and i'm going to tell you at the age of like 34 this guy was incredibly impressive he owns the room yeah like he's got a presence that's a phil that's an intriguing one that's a Dude, great you know throw and then I'm, now i'm just like fighting declan for no reason here mm-hmm. but like 15 seasons as an nfl head coach you guys want to know how many times mike tomlin's finished below 500 zero i think it is zero yeah his train wreck seasons are eight and eight now mike zimmer is the same way like yeah. seven and nine yeah. is his train wreck but mike tomlin wins 12 13 12 like he's won 12 or more games in the regular season Ooh. five times in 15 years He's won 11, additionally, he's won 11 games two or three times and uh, has also won a Super Bowl and has been to at least one more. So, And he's not even 50. No, he's a, he's young still. He's young still, and I've got the T-shirt. Mike Tomlin returns. The T-shirt says, finish what we started. <laughs> we, 2006? When, when, when me and Chili started when back me and Chili, in But he was here yeah. 2006. It's, it works Let's perfect. He came here with the Wolves, and they said we're gonna we're gonna be a Super Bowl team, and they have not been yet. Finish what we started back in two thousand six. Would you buy that T shirt at least, Declan? No, no, <laughs> really, no. Vikings T shirt? No, not that one. No. no, you're out on the Mannings, and you're out on. I feel like Mike you're Tomlin, no fun dude. today, dude. No, I, I like Tomlin. Tomlin's a, a good Friday. coach. I just like there. There's no. I'm not giving up a draft pick for him. 
Snow. Dude, I, I'm giving a, oh, I didn't even say, I'll give up a first round pick for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> no, why? You'd rather have, so you'd rather have, okay, you'd rather have, um, I'm just trying to think of like random, like cornerback guy in the first round. You'd rather have a 22 year old cornerback or what, what position would you draft? Maybe, a maybe you draft, uh, I was going to say Spencer Rattler, but I think he just yeah, got he, benched. I, th- I think he's, so he's not going to be a first round pick. Or Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin would have an infinitely more, unless you nail like the franchise quarterback. If you if it's like yeah. you could get the next Andrew Luck or Mike Tomlin, I, I'll take Andrew Luck. I'm taking but. the chance that I'm drafting a franchise changing player in the first round over trading it for a head coach. Dude, a head coach is going to have more influence than a defensive end. Though. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about we are literally talking about setting the entire culture for the franchise. Like I say, and young, I can do that without giving up a first mind, round pick. Because that intrigues me. Yeah, but you are, but Tomlin, Tomlin's got, he's been really good, successful. You, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, I do love the fact that he's a defensive guy. The, the more I think about this, a defensive guy who understands offense and knows that he is the head coach of the entire team. And, and I he's, do like that. he's a big self-aware guy. I like that. No, I, 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 I'm a big fan of him, but I just, there's no way I'm doing that for a first round pick for Mike well, Tomlin. You keep, then you can, then you can keep Zim. You and Zim will. can just go no. drink red, red wine. I am together. Me and Garrett Bradbury are going to have a ball. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I am taking Mike Tomlin well before I, I dip my uh, toe into the Doug Peterson water. I'll tell you that right oh, now. That sounds disgusting, but also, well, I, it's murky. It's from Philly. I would also say, like, the Vikings whiff on so many first-round picks that it's True. it's so easy for me to be like, wait, yeah. I, I, I'm trading Mike Hughes or Jeff Gladney for Mike Tomlin? Like, Obviously. how many times can I do that? I, I would give up multiple first-round picks. Um, Micah, via the Score North app, says, love the pod. I want Zimmer fired ASAP for the Lions debacle and was actively rooting against the Vikings on Sunday. What I disagree with is you guys have been criticizing Spielman's drafts. The 2020 draft was maybe the best class in the entire NFL, with the exception of maybe Tampa Bay. Spielman got Justin Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, K.J. Osborne, D.J. Wanham, and Cam Dantzler in 2020. All of them have shown some level of being a future starter. Um, yeah, he's, it was a, yeah, that's fair. Okay. They drafted some good players in 2020. You found a that's game-changing a player right now in Justin Jefferson. Those other guys are... are Nice players, but the, I wouldn't say they're. You stop the presses and and bow at the feet for finding DJ Wanham in the fourth round, dude. Like I think slow your roll on that. <laughs> well, one. and Jeff Gladney, <laughs> Jeff Gladney, unfortunately by his own doing, has been cut, yeah. and he was a first round pick. That's a big deal. Like like you can't just be like bad luck. Yeah, I also I, I need to see a little bit more of Ezra Cleveland and, before I'm ready to say he's right. you know a perennial starter. But and let's also some good good signs here. Let's also briefly discuss the 2021 class. Um, yeah, let's. We see can't here. grade that yet, though. No, but it's the Wyatt, four or five but, games into the season. But the Wyatt Davis thing, we aren't giving that in this town enough attention. Third round guard who they thought could start, who can't even get active on Sundays. Like, what the hell is going on with him? Yeah, it's it's weird, but it's you know, I, you get had, back to me in a year. Okay, like he's but, a th- he's a third round pick. He's not he's not going to jump in. We, we had high expectations Sunday. because of the way people talked about him going into the draft. But they clearly did. You can't say he's a bust after five. No, games but I'm saying season. I want to know more. I want details. What's going on there? What are you doing? Why is Dakota Dozier being activated on a Saturday when I'm on my couch enjoying the day and now it's ruined? <laughs> it's just it's just in shambles. I'm trying to enjoy my surly <laughs> oh, on the couch, and you people send me an email saying Dakota Dozier is up for the game. Yeah. All right, a couple more here, and then we'll get to uh, Judd's keys to a Vikings victory. Um, what? Uh, all right, Eric says via the Score North app, what do you see as the difference between the potential Byron Buxton contract and the Dalvin Cook contract? Both are superstar players who are often hurt and miss significant time, but there seems to be a greater willingness to give a big contract to Buxton than there was to give a big contract to Dalvin. Is the difference solely the salary cap in the NFL? Actually, that's a huge part of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna, now there is a sort of a a glass ceiling on what you spend in baseball, and it's your revenue cap. But um, I also think Buxton is more important to the Twins winning games than Dalvin Cook is to the Vikings winning games. And Buxton, yeah, because Buxton is the equivalent of what a quarterback. Um, 
a it's center fielder to, who can it's do hard to all make the, that. There's right. no, there is no equivalent of in the in baseball to a quarterback. But, so, so, yeah. but I mean, he is he is far more than a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, De- Dalvin is part of it, it. It's just life. Part of the knock on Dalvin is his position. He's re- he that position is eminently replaceable, and I understand he's special. But the shelf life is so short. Mm-hmm. Um, the shelf life is so short that when you're hurt as much as Cook is, it gets to be a huge problem. Because like this is this is going to get worse and worse. Yeah. Like you're not going to get to. I, I think the thing with Buxton is right or wrong. There's precedent to say we have seen baseball players who have been hurt for extended periods of time, and then Eureka, they're not hurt, and now they're fully fulfilling their potential. And oh my God, they are potentially Hall of Fame players. Uh, give me the last running back who was really good got dinged up quite a bit and then at the age of 30 really took off it doesn't no, happen correct so so like there's far more of a precedent for a cliff for dalvin than there is for byron yep um nick via the score North app says i have a question that i hope makes it onto one of your comments from the shows what will the kirk stands do when he isn't on the team anymore it's funny like i do feel like there's a faction of Vikings fans that care more about Kirk and like Kirk putting up numbers and Kirk avoiding blame than they care about the Vikings as a whole putting the best product they can on the field. And I wonder if those people, like if he goes and plays for the Broncos or something in a year or two, if they will travel along with him like LeBron James fans or if he's just, okay, he's gone and then they come back to their senses. They are, they are Kirk stands and they are Viking stands. And, and part of their defense of Kirk is that the, the franchise, and I'm not talking about everyone. I'm talking about a few that the franchise can do no wrong. And so I think the Kirk, the Kirk stands will just, I, I mean, he'll, he'll be gone. And we've seen this Gopher football fans do this all the time with coaches and guys, they're gone. And then the Kirk stands will turn on Kirk and, and be like, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Right decision there. Yeah, he'll go. Yeah, I agree. It's hopefully people what happens. Hopefully people come come to their senses at some point. But, you know, he's he's been better this season than yeah. in a lot of situations than he has in the first few years. So uh, anyhow, that is Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd, where we take your comments, your questions. You can always hit us up through the Score North app. There's a feedback tab at the bottom. And as you see, we bring them on the show and uh, we appreciate the community Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Of Minnesota sports fans here on this show and also on Purple Daily. But let's get to the main event of this Friday show here. Judd's Keys to a Vikings victory on the road against the Carolina Panthers and that vaunted defense. How's Judd's Keys doing here today? Out late last night. Oh, God. Got home. Mm -hmm. A little tipsy. I saw worked on this. Yeah. I didn't really, I, I didn't, I, I, I'm not a fan of, of how Keys is electing to lead Keys' life right now, but that's okay. that's between us. Mm. Uh, but I do have the Keys. This week, there are four, fourth quarter, four Keys to the game. Love not it. five, because we did wow. five for yeah. Cleveland, and that was an absolute debacle. So yeah. we're back uh, to four. And I just want to say, yep. this might sound just a little bit off in terms of uh, the placement for this, but Judd's Keys is a hockey fan. I don't know if people knew that. And uh, Judd's Keys would be happy to know that we are giving away tickets to Wild Predators on October 24th. All you have to do, if you want to win free tickets to a Minnesota Wild game against the Predators on October 24th, open the Score North app, register, and enter. Just click on the uh, Listener Rewards uh, link, and uh, we'll pick a winner on October 21st. And if you're a college student, college night discounts are back this season at the X and Wild tickets started just $39. There's a few games to choose from each month, so find out more 
at wild.com slash theme packs. I don't know. I think Keys is a little older than college age, but well, he hangs out with those though. college kids, though. I've, I've, I've seen <laughs> Keys out before. I've seen Keys out before. I've seen Keys out before. Yeah. Signs up for classes occasionally as well. Yep. That's yeah, just kind of weird. He just drops really as a W, says GPA is fine. You know, it's all exactly right. <laughs> no, that, that's a good game. Grandland over to Cunning, back to Grandland, back, back to, to Cunning. Over to Keys. <laughs> all right, are we ready? Perfect. All right, let's do it. Are we ready? The music's going. Key number four, don't be roadkill. Key number four is, and Phil brought this up briefly, you are 0-2 on the road. You played a terrible first half in week one against the Bengals, came back after that and played okay, but you still, unfortunately for you, lost the game. Actually played a pretty good game against the Cardinals. Could have won late, didn't. That put you in an 0-2 hole. But this is actually going into the bye. This might be sort of a get-well game on the road and here's why Carolina which I don't love the, the defense is good I am not sold and I'll get to this on on Darnold at quarterback the defense is good but Carolina starts perfect three and oh and people are like oh my god the Carolina Panthers here they come be care you know Tampa Bay watch out New Orleans watch out they've dropped two consecutive games including a game last week to uh F- Philadelphia and you now have an opportunity to extend their losing streak to three, don't be roadkill. This is the type of game that you can go on the road, make a statement, and win, and get back to 500 going into your bye week. I am having a hard time figuring out how good are the Panthers. I mean, their offenses, Meh. they shouldn't be scoring 30, 40 points on you. Um, but it's like they, they, they played some weak teams off the top, and their defense has built up some stats against weak quarterbacks and weak teams. And the Vikings should present some more weapons and challenges, but I don't know. It's road. There's a lot of weird signs here. Like the, the Vikings are up to two and a half point favorites in a lot that, of sports books on I'm the road. It's like, oh, I, I don't really? Like yeah. Uh, I don't know. So yeah, we'll we'll see. All right. Anyway, next key. Don't be road killers. Key four. Key three. Sack and Sam. That's right. Sack and Sam. Darnold has has been uh, sacked the fourth most of any quarterback in the National Football League. He's been sacked eight times and hit 19 times in the past two games, the two defeats, and he has thrown in that time five picks. The Vikings, who were who were historically bad for their franchise in sacks last year, with their core group back now, they are at 17 sacks, which is second mm-hmm. most in the National Football League. Yeah. Sack and Sam, pressure on Darnold, and I guarantee you this, if you continue this type of pressure, He'll start to fold. Absolutely imperative that you that that Hunter has a big day, that Griffin potentially does. If you get pressure, you are going to be in control of this game for a lot of it, I think. Didn't the Vikings only have like twenty two or twenty three sacks all of last season? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, so they're already almost to their over. that's amazing. Yep. And yep, that's that's a sneaky thing. You know, this it's weird because this defense has given up a lot of, I mean, th- their their points allowed have been really good the last two and a half games, but they've just been situationally questionable, right? Uh, but I think if they can keep getting that much pressure on opposing teams, then, then the defense should settle in, especially against the pass. So maybe, we're, maybe we are seeing, maybe Zimmer was right, that you guys are just looking at the stats. Maybe he's right. He's seeing pressures, he's seeing sacks, and all of that should lead to the defense playing better here. Uh, if they lose this game, it might just be too late. But if they win this game and the defense is coming around just in time for Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, then maybe they do set themselves up after the bye quite nicely. Again, past two games. I mean, this stat's incredible. Eight sacks and 19 pressures and five picks in mm-hmm. two games. Capitalize on that. But Shad Breland, I challenge you. Interception. I challenge you. Get a pick, and then you can what's, talk smack on Twitter. What's Cam Dantzler's status right now? He's active. Uh, he's, uh, he's back. He's, he's back. good to go. He's back. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if our guy Bashad's going to be playing quite as much. Yeah. All right. Key number two off of Sack and Sam. Not so fast, and that means I'm not done with the defense yet. Yes, pressure is incredibly important, but don't go so fast to get off the Vikings defense because here's the other thing, and this is this is defensively, I think probably – the key to the tilt from the Vikings end on defense. Because I think the pressure will, will come. The Panthers' pass protection, obviously not good. The Vikings have some guys who are 
very good as far as getting pressure, but let's talk about the run defense again. Every game so far, five games, right? Every game so far, your opponent has exceeded 100 yards. Christian McCaffrey is out. He is he uh, didn't practice on Thursday, and Dex told me this morning that the Panthers are saying he's not going to play. Chubba Hubbard has done a nice job, but look, the Vikings are surrendering 130 yards on the ground per game. Um, the Panthers can certainly run, but this is where you got to come up big. Like, again, you've got to come up. And, and the one thing that I don't want uh, from the run defense that we saw a week ago against Detroit was the Lions got off to a very good start. And the Vikings now say, well, we're not adjusting quick enough. Teams are catching us by surprise, and eventually we do adjust, but we're not. Okay, dudes, you're professional players. Zim's forte, defense, adjust quicker. If you can shut down their run and force Carolina to feel like they have to pass and then get your pressure, that is a recipe for victory on the road. Mm -hmm. This, by the way, in terms of like defense and you know, just uh, keeping the opponent in check. This is one of the lower over-under totals you're going to find this week. It's like a 44.5, oh, yeah. I want to say. So Vegas expects this to be kind of a like first team to 20 kind of a thing. Could be in good shape. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I kind of want this to. I kind of want this to go. Like hey, I want, I want. I want. I want Kirk to be slinging it around the field. Okay, I want this so to you be don't care about the, the defense. You you're out. No, of Zim. you're being like you're like you've you've spent the whole week ripping Mike Zimmer. I don't. I'm done with defense. I don't. I don't care. Okay, so put, you put seven care. guys out there AFL. for all I care. I just want the Vikings okay, to score 35 points, which is what Look they should you. be doing. On Look a regular at you. Basis. All right, the, the weapons that they have. All right. Key number one. This is good. Key. This is a funny one. I I like this one. The first key to. This game, no surprise. The headline, will Clint get his pudding? Which, of course, is a dessert, and you can't and you can't get your dessert unless you eat your Brussels sprouts, and oh. Brussels sprouts means m- making Daddy Mike Zimmer happy with your offensive game plan. So the only way that Clint will get his dessert is if his offense performs according to the plan that the Vikings want. You did the self-scout, right? The Panthers' defense is excellent. Um they're top against, they're tops against the pass. They're top, uh, I think they're in the top three overall total defense. I think they're eighth against the run. They're good in scoring D. So, like, this defense is legit. Yeah. This is a perfect test, though, in actuality, for both Clint and Mike. Um, with the self-scout, with all of the work that's been done, have we come up with a plan that's going to allow you to uh, potentially open things up in the passing game? And that's not going to be simple, but this is a great test. Because you're now going from Detroit, which stunk. I'm sorry, you can tell me all you want about their adjustments. You're going from a Detroit defense that you didn't expose at all, and they stunk, especially in the second half. Now we're pivoting to a very good defense, but everyone's had their day of self-scout. So that's the question. Will Clint, on the plane right home, get his pudding, his dessert, for a job well done? Yep. Those are Judd's four keys to a Vikings victory. I just want to say on the on the self-scout thing, I don't know what they're going to come out with. If they're going to script plays in the second half, I, there's a lot of things that are sort of unknown off of this self-scout. But one thing I can for sure tell you is that the Vikings offense is going to face pressure. I don't know if it's going to be like Miles Garrett pressure that they faced against the Browns, but you're not going to have clean pockets for, for three hours in this game. So we come to the same crossroads that we come to, <clears throat> excuse me, on a regular basis here with this Vikings offense and Kirk Cousins, which is we know that when things are clean, it's smooth sailing. Kirk's going to pick the defense apart. But when things get muddy, if on every other play there's there's a little bit of pressure coming at you, a lot of the other you know playoff caliber teams in the NFL have quarterbacks that can scoot out of the way, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, you know, Kirk can't scoot out of the way, but what can he do to combat pressure? It's not good enough for me for the answer to just be, well, if there's pressure, you're screwed, right? How can you respond to defensive pressure? It's a reality in the NFL, and I think so many times we just chalk it up to, what are we supposed to do? Right. Figure it out. It's life in the NFL. And and we saw it um, last year quite a bit. They schemed it. Like they schemed it at times. The Panthers, Bootleg. the Panthers blitz more often than any other team in the NFL as well, which is worth okay. noting. Like you're going to have to scheme probably right. to move the pocket or. But I mean, Kirk needs to be schemed. 
Kirk, like you can't go into a game with Kirk saying, Kirk, figure it out. Like yeah. you figure it out. He, he can't do it. It's not in, he has the physical attributes and he's not a dumb quarterback, but he's also not the type of guy who, who can just go, I'll, I will freelance these plays. It's going to be fine. That's not him. So, but that's where Gary did a great job of, of saying, okay, you're not perfect, but we're going to have to scheme you. Yeah. And it's, it's why guys like McVeigh love Kirk because you could totally trick him up. He's, he's like a car that you go out and buy cool parts for the big tires, right? Like he's tricked up. He's not, you know, Lamar Jackson goes out and says, I'll make it work. Pat Mahomes. Well, what, I, don't, I think well. guys like McVeigh like quarterbacks that can play well under pressure, but maybe that's, maybe there's some scheme involved there. But like, I bring that up because I'm going to give you the rankings. This is just traditional passer rating. So it's not always the best gauge, but uh, passer rating when under pressure this season. Kyler Murray, number one. Yep. Matthew Stafford, number two. So that's either McVay tricking up some schemes or it's that Stafford's just much better against pressure. Combination. Maybe he is. Russell Wilson, third. Josh Allen, fourth. Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater is right there, too. Uh, Now I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pause the list and I'm going to now I'm now I'm going to go down to uh, 17th and move my way down. Okay. In these rankings, this is passer rating. Seventeenth, okay. Jameis Winston. Eighteenth, Jacoby Brissett. Nineteenth, Ryan Tannehill. Twentieth, Taylor Heineke. Twenty-first, Davis Mills. Twenty-second, Dak Prescott. It's pretty low for Dak. Twenty-third, Mac Jones. Twenty-fourth, Derek Carr. Twenty-fifth, Kirk Cousins. Against pressure this year. Wow. So, the answer can't just be well. There's pressure. Everything's screwed, right? You, 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 right. There's you got There's got to be some counter punch here, and you're going to face pressure on Sunday. Where, where did Kirk rank? If, if it's possible to find this last year in that same statistic, give me one second, because I'd be curious to know. Going from Gary to Clint, if that has changed at all, really substantially, it, it might not have to. Kirk last year, mm-hmm. not very good. Twenty uh, fourth. Okay, so it's about okay. the same. About the same, yeah. He was below Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, uh, who uh, Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, but he's mobile. Like Mitch can yeah, get Trubisky out could run. Play. In fact, play, Mitch, in terms run. of grade, Mitch Mitch graded poorly against pressure passing, but was one of the top runners. Like, oh god, pressure run for twelve yards. Right? Ponder, very ponder like. Yep. So yeah, be better against pressure. That's that's Ma- that's Macadax key. Well, don't, yeah, you're don't yes. melt when the heat yes. gets cranked up. Yes, I just I fear I fear they're going to take a shot or something at some point, and it's going to get picked off, and Mike's going to completely freak out and go back to you know we got to be Clint. You got to be more careful than that. Yeah. But Mike, you had me self scout and wanted me to do more. You got to be more careful. Now I'm switching my channel to the defensive channel. Hello, this is the defensive channel where everything's great. <laughs> Let's talk about cornerbacks. <laughs> Uh, don't forget Vikings vent line right after the game is over. We'll either be your therapists or we'll be the uh, party organizers. It's the most fan-friendly, interactive, and I think probably fastest-growing show in Minnesota sports. And you can find it live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, again, right after the final whistle of Panthers and Vikings on Sunday. That's a wrap for Mackie and Judd on this Friday. Judd's Keys, Feedback Friday. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll see you later. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.